said talk to me, damn it, or else I'm gonna throw you in the fire! You stupid bitch, you filthy! Welcome back to Flyover State of Fear. We got Brian and I got a great guest for you this time, Courtney Eck of the Please Leave podcast, amongst others. How are you, Courtney? So well, how are you? Doing well. Um Good. really appreciate you coming on. Um I was uh as one does these days scrolling through TikTok and saw mm-hmm. some of uh Courtney's uh horror-focused TikToks, um, mainly about movies and then of other things like your podcast, like uh uh horror shorts and you know promoting that i was uh, pretty interested so just that shot the shot of would you like to do a podcast and you you know either it's yes here's my email and you actually this happens or it's sure here's my email and then you send three follow-ups so thank you for not being a follow-up courtney (laughs) yeah i've been a producer for 15 years so i always uh follow through it's just it's producer karma if you don't do it you're not gonna get it in return. Somebody will burn you later. It's just gonna yes, come sir. right around. Yes, right? sir. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. It's 7:30 p.m. tonight. I was like, oh god, okay, I gotta get off the couch. Oh, I appreciate uh, it. No, I mean, it, it I, I was looking off. forward to it, but you know, it's like making plans. There's nothing better than breaking plans you've made. Um, oh. but horror is just about the only thing in this world that'll get me off the couch because I love horror. I love talking about it. I love thinking about it. I love making it. So thank you for having me. Oh, of course. Um, Tell us a little bit about um, like the Please Leave podcast and just kind of, you know, your, uh, I guess, what you you are up to in your creativity and all that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I started Please Leave in earnest. I started previously kind of writing these horror stories. Essentially, I'll back up a little bit. I listen, I watch everything, you know, like every horror fan, I I consume every bit of horror that's available. And I was feeling a little frustrated with audio versions of horror. It wasn't feeling um, scared, <laughs> to mm-hmm. be quite honest, by a lot of it. And there is a lot of really good uh, horror, po- there, there are good horror podcasts, there is good audio horror, not to completely generalized but um well, podcasting has reopened a, a a kind of line of like fictionalized horror in audio yeah. formats too that was kind of long dormant you know which yeah. i think yeah. is very interesting radio play style like i think that's kind of a cool thing to have come back yeah and it's hard it's hard to do and i didn't realize how hard it was to do <laughs> until i started doing it and realizing how much you rely on your eyes to get scared or when you're trying to scare people and so Uh, I was feeling a little frustrated by just, I'm the kind of person I'm, you know, hyper-focused on something. I'll consume all of it. And so hit a wall and had just listened to everything and couldn't wait long, you know, like more content couldn't come out fast enough. So I decided to try my hand at it. So I started writing stories and recording them myself. I have another podcast, so I have some experience, you know, being behind the microphone, um, 
and at first it was literally just me and some of the episodes still are just me yeah i, I don't even know i think some of them don't have sound effects I call, most of them do i've gone back through and given some new passes at it but it was just i like the idea of like a lonely voice in a room sometimes I yeah, think sure. that's really scary and unsettling so i just you know i learned from my other podcasts you just got to do it and how, as you guys have learned you just do it and you just get slightly better at it as you go and I don't even want to listen to early I, episodes, even yeah, in this show. Part. I was like, I can't wait to get slightly better at it. Like oh, I sent, yeah, I sent people, rough. you know, the playlist for this show, and I want to be like, just don't listen to the first like six on that playlist. Yeah, I've I've talked about it a couple times, but like the first time, the first thing I ever did, my first podcast. I wanted to make a little, I was part of like a kind of group channel where a bunch mm -hmm. of people were posting on the same channel, like different shows. And I wanted to like put up a little promo first. And I tried to script a little promo for myself and it was so embarrassing. I sent it to like the guy who was like working as a producer and he was just like, he was very kind to like <laughs> talk me down from doing that. He's like, you just got to go more natural. You're, you're a talker. Just let yourself kind of <laughs> have an yeah. idea of what you want to say and go with that do not it was yeah so i, I it's we've all been there I mean, <laughs> the, the growth can be very can be very uh very long <laughs> yeah yeah and my my other podcast is conversational i do it with my sister and i can't there's no way i can't i would shut the entire thing down before i'd go back and listen to old episodes because <sighs> i i don't want to hear that but um at some point i started asking friends who have nice voices to do to perform episodes and that got me more excited because i got really sick of editing my own voice and feeling frustrated because i'm not an actor you know feeling sure. frustrated by those limitations and then i started posting auditions to voice one two three which is just kind of a giant um voice actor site um no that clue. i recommend yeah yeah i, I uh i was gonna I've make it Go ahead. I apologize. I was going to make a bad joke. Say, if you ever need a deep voice, I got you. But I, yeah, you have a great voice. I noticed that <laughs> right <you>. away. <laughs> no. um, and at one point, a, an actor named Ben Chandler, who lives in London, auditioned. And sort of uh, the first time in my life where I ha cared about my art all of a sudden, I cared about the thing I was making because he sort of brought it to life. He's the voice that's been in my head, you know, writing these things and as I've written oh, things over great. the years. Yeah, it was pretty revelatory. So um, then I started hiring more professional actors and I do like to keep it pretty curated. I, you know, like a certain level of quality and and also for the artists, I like for them, for it to be worth their while, you know, for them to sure. be getting work as often as possible. Those things are important to me. So I have a team right now of six. I would like to get a couple more, but it's, basically six actors there's four of us writing the stories and it's i'm very proud of it i do all the editing and sound design and things um which is probably my favorite part i love writing the stories but i really geek out on the sound stuff and making spooky sure. shit and that throwing makes... myself on the ground if i don't cool. if i can't find the right body sound you know no, I, like sound that. design is so important especially yeah. when you're with it you're talking about you know what i mean I, yeah i love that and sure. i can't wait to dive in generally to dive into some of those episodes and learning more about that and just the craft and horror you put into that because it is nice like i mean i know i sit at a desk all day so yeah breaking podcast and music up with a full story would be awesome yeah yeah it's it's fun and it's kind of a good 
mental exercise too. When I started, it was just me writing and mm -hmm. I, you know, it's like, can I do this every week? Cause I like a weekly podcast, you know, yeah. a lot of narrative podcasts are, you know, every other week or they do. Yeah. We're bi-weekly you know. and yeah, you know, it's a, yeah. it's a matter That's why we thing. don't have, a, that's why people fall off. They can't, you know, they get, yeah. the, I mean, it really does make a get difference. that content going. If you want to make a real hey. following, it's true. Hey, if it, you yeah, want to record, we're unserious. Admit if it, you want to record, <laughs> if you want to record like five a week and just then flood them out, you know, see. my family, it's being around your family is overrated anyway. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> um, no, that's amazing. But uh, mm -hmm. so, Courtney, on, on this show, we do ask, uh, before we do get, we're talking about Sinister today, and before we get into Sinister, you saw the thumbnail, Joe made a beautiful thumbnail. thumbnail, you yeah. know, it. you know, you saw it. Uh, what, uh, <laughs> What is your horror origin story? And like, I wanted, like, who's put it out there? You can answer that as any way as you want to, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's the, the movies or how getting to the storytelling aspect or whatever, really, what is. What, I've presented what at least three over the course of all the podcasting I've done, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to yeah, say, all I imagine. Lanes. Yeah. I, I imagine if most people who are huge horror fans, kind of were born that way i think you know i don't remember ever just not being absolutely fascinated by the genre and seeking it out even as a really small kid and my mom was very specifically against freddie and jason no freddie no mm. jason and i think she actually meant like in general i think her saying no freddie but i took it very literally and so i watched every other horrible thing it's I could not get my those hands and jason. <laughs> yeah i never that... i didn't watch freddie and jason as a kid Oh man, but that's how it sticks. That puts you into the fringe shit right away, though the weird stuff. You that's know? exactly right. Yeah. Now, if my mom had only known the weird right, shit, right? She actually. The, that's what I'm saying. You're you're better off to just like go with the flow and you're like, like yeah. discover it naturally. Yeah, because like, Freddie and Jason are pretty tame in comparison. Absolutely, to absolutely. Especially if 80s. you were like, I don't know what age you were, but like if if it was the time mm -hmm. like around the sequels, like I know as a kid getting into Freddy Jason, you kind of find the sequels first when you're young because they're more oh, fam yeah. family, family friendly, but you know I, what I mean? Like, especially yeah. the Freddies, the late stage Freddies get very silly. I've, so goofy. I, mm -hmm. I, I, I've, I think I've said this story multiple times on this show is I remember being 12, 13, and in that age, like, going to see Freddy vs. Jason, weirdly enough, in theaters. And, early, like, early day screening, and um, the only other person in the theater was a mother with a much younger son. And I'm young. I'm, tw you know, I'm at that time, like a child shouldn't be in there. Yeah. Days for all the killing. And in the first, like, gratuitous nudity scene, eyes covered, running out like it's a, almost comedic. <laughs> and I'll never forget that that imagery. But yeah, I, but I think it's like you say, like when um your mother especially says you can't watch this thing. You know, my parents mm -hmm. let me watch almost anything. Um, but I remember, except for scary, weirdly enough, except for scary movie, and it's only because we peeked into the the theater when we were going to see another movie. My mom saw like once again some sexual it's a lot thing of really going like, on, like, and it was like for years. Comedy was, in that, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, <laughs> I actually years. understand why it's like it was well, understandable. Yeah, a kid can understand violence before we can get into like yeah. What's going years, on in some like, of those scenes? To watch <laughs> so. any other comedy except that one. Yeah, so, so, but um, Courtney, any one kind of stand out to you? Of the yeah, for shows? sure. For sure. It's it's actually The Changeling, the 1980s George C. Scott. Yeah, George C. The Scott. Changeling. Absolutely. I just That's watched that for the first time like 
last year, I think. No what kidding. Are, What'd you think? It was great. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. Um, I, there's like a genre of kind of like late seventies white dudes going mad kind of movies that you know i I hate to say it but of course they speak to you why what speak to me why wouldn't they like (laughs) um recently um uh, burnt offerings is another one that i really think is great too Mm -hmm. with uh with um oliver reed but yeah so (laughs) but no yeah yeah, the, the changeling i mean like what it's such a that's such a serious mature i would be like i would be i would if if someone even today said, "Oh, you know, I'm in a horror movie," I'd be like, "Oh, is this one?" But it's a mature horror movie, more not like yeah. just like uh, like emotionally immature. Yeah, what, but think um, about it. I, what, you know, being eight years old, and it was our slumber party horror movie. And I come from a really small town, and so there weren't very many of us, and and we were all obsessed with it. And I think it was just very effectively spooky. And and now grown at as someone who's kind of obsessed with sound design i think a lot of it was well, that the ball the ball and that... the little boy and the slamming against the tub and the his voice you know is so haunting and the woman doing the séance with the scribbling and the guys like repeating what she, she's writing next you know it's just really spooky shit and as an adult i'm like okay it's, it hits a little less hard but as an 8 year old it was just absolutely terrifying for us so that yeah now i'm like damn this is like a still beautiful kind of atmospheric ghost story but as a kid it was just like the scariest thing any of us had ever seen they put a a copy of that out on uh i think severin one of those boutique Mm -hmm. uh you know horror or blu-ray labels and it's a really nice transfer i've watched it pretty recently nice and it's um, really beautiful and um yeah that's that's i i love that you picked that that would be like if you gave me a hundred guesses of like you know I, if you give me a hundred guesses if i got into horror movies and they were not freddie and jason from 75 to let's say 85 just to yeah i think the changeling might be like 45 but then um i'm i it's that's one and we'll move in a second i I uh, I just thought it was unique too. Of I'm a big fan of um like like uh, young adult horror stuff and watch them all. Mm-hmm. And a couple years a couple years ago they rebooted um in a mini series. Are you afraid of the dark? It was like mm-hmm. this. It's actually not a bad reboot mini series. It's just mm-hmm. a tight story. But the kids to test their horror knowledge go and what they're like kids in 2014, 15 yeah. or whenever. Have you seen the Changeling? really yeah sort of and that just had to be like an you know an an in whole i was gonna say some like film nerd who's right who's writing that but i like snuck that one in there but that's the one they pull you gotta get more and more obscure though like back when scream came out you could be like oh halloween you know and that was like now that's not gonna fly anymore everybody's seen all those everybody's you know you gotta go deeper if you're gonna like really show your street cred even like even like something like oh suspiria You'd yeah. be like, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, sure. And they're or done that. Well, the funny thing is the other movie about that... Inferno. <laughs> the other The other movie that I remember earliest was, other than like Crit- Critters and Ghoulies and things like that, was um, American... I think it's called American Gothic. I... Hell yeah, my wife introduced me to this movie. It's like one of her childhood So you know movies. it. 
yeah it's really hard to find i haven't watched it as an adult it is twisted as shit so i feel like those are like the polar extreme opposite like messed up kind of like weird family like you know yeah fairy hills have eyes on an island and yeah Yeah. oh yeah 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 up right now uh with um the she played lily month the lady who played lily munster is the lead in that um i can't think of her name off the top of my head either i have it i have it right here i know we're Brian always makes fun of me because I like to Google while we Googling podcast. Our, Googling on the show. Yeah, it's crucial. Uh, you got to get that Google going. Let's see. Yeah. She played That's Lily a great Munster. one. I agree. That's another great pick. Another uh, a deep you. cut. Yvonne DiCarlo? Yeah, Yvonne DiCarlo. Sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mom. You can buy a Blu-ray of it. I mean, it's... Well, it's on Blu-ray. All right. Let's see. I've been... Amazon has fooled me before. I have okay, a DVD. It's, it's an American... It's... It's a region, it's American region uh, Blu-ray. That is, mm-hmm. it'll that's fool key. you. You gotta watch out. Um, <laughs> that's that's great. Yeah, there. Yeah, I. It's so interesting always to hear what people discovered at the young age because sometimes it's the cliches. Like for a while on on the show, a lot of people would just do. Or there was a run of people saying the ring. Yeah. you know yeah. of like certain it's age of a certain age and, well that's yeah. actually going to get even more diverse now with streaming well, more people are going to find such so obscure things oh you know I mean? my god I, cable helped us all kind of watch the same stuff there's that's gonna not be, really the case now there's going to be a kid like yeah one time i saw stitches because it was on the roku channel <laughs> totally, and you're like totally. what are those two things yeah um weirdly enough speaking of the ring and i'm terrible at transitions but that actually ties into Sinister because it's mm-hmm. a huge influence on that movie. Sure. Yep. Um, but uh, but Courtney, anything else to your horror origin story that no. you want to bring in and add? Stephen and... King. Speaking of cliche, King... it was all Stephen King. Yeah. Okay. All, all the entire catalog. Books, I have movies. In, I have on writing sitting here next to me. Books primarily, mm-hmm. and uh, and the good movies. The good movies. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, I finally actually just watched the mist for the first time last week. The and it's amazing. Thomas Jane Mist. That was so, so good. It's so good. Just yeah. Fabulous. I just so was, good. you know, I didn't want to watch people fight in a grocery store for two hours. And I was like, how good could it be? Fucking great, as it turns yeah. out. It's a really good movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I highly recommend. It. That's mm-hmm. a that's a flyover approved recommendation. Watch the mist, yeah. everybody. Yeah. That, that's brian we gotta pocket that one <laughs> that's that's a that's a yeah back pocket yeah um but that's a good that's a i like i like to think the miss has gotten more love over the years too i, I remember think, yeah have, i remember they do bla- i mean it got to the level where it got a black and white cut that always means something sure. you know logan mm-hmm. mad max that means at least there's like a group of really passionate nerds who really am like I, were into it that's something Am I messing yeah. up my like trivia here? Is it Frank Darabont? Yeah, Frank Darabont. Yeah, okay, it is. Yeah, yeah. I have a three pack, and I wish it came in that three pack. But it's like his like artsy movie, Those like DVD or not dr- drama movies that yeah. come in Darabont yeah. three. Yeah, um, how it was so fun to see him do something awful. Yeah, with monsters. Um, we used to be obsessed with uh those kids and my brother. Not obsessed. The book and then the movie Cujo, which used to be like, that's so scary. Yeah. And then even yep. the movie I've seen recently, and it's just, it has that old effect where it was like, I wish I never revisited it just because it's a little yeah. not as ter- yeah. terrifying as I 
you know, the book you, is so scary. It's such it a yeah, and it's like why? How could it's who would book. ever write a book that's just a lady in a car for two days or four days or whatever? It sounds it's like Horrifying. such a huge hill to climb as a writer i think cujo holds up pretty good viewers i'm not saying it doesn't joe in the comments why uh, i'm not saying it doesn't hold up that much but it didn't hit the same uh now i'm gonna use a transition because that's kind of where i'm at with sinister Mm -hmm. um not hold up wise segway brought to you by segway i'm terrible (laughs) at segways uh but courtney (laughs) um no i that was super uh I'm still not over your pick of the changeling because so good. That's, well, that's take, where I'm like, this. how about this? Tell us why you pick your changeling pick was so good. Yeah. Tell us why you pick sinister for this episode. Yes, thank you. That's Brian. how you do it, Joe. Take a note, yeah. man. Thanks, shit, thank Brian. <laughs> Courtney, you're great. Go on. I'm just showing <laughs> off because we got a guess. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, two reasons I picked sinister. The biggest one being that. I was like, well, I'm we're I'm making a podcast. It's all about sound design, and it's definitely a huge part of my life right now. And I think that Sinister uses sound in a way that I I would be hard pressed to pick another movie that does the same thing that they did with sound in that movie. And it's definitely not my favorite movie. I really enjoy it. I enjoy um, it. I I was yeah making a it, it's yeah um, no 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 it for no. Me. Because like I kind of used to have an anti Ethan Hawke thing, and I had yeah, to realize that it, he came back I, I re- around. It's weird. Yeah, I realized that it was because I hated him so much in like Reality Bites that I let that yeah. like poison me for a really long time, and I had to kind of be like, no, he's actually quite good in things. You should Same. really give him more the, of a chance. Brian, came, this is yeah, this is when me and you have the age that the the roughly ten year age difference mm-hmm. works. I'm like. Ah, uh, yeah, but him and Gattaca, I absolutely like was into. <laughs> no, I have he's the exact kind of a genre thing. guy. Like you forget, you don't really realize like he's really does a lot of genre work. It's kind of mm-hmm. great. He does a lot of sci-fi. He does a lot of horror. Um, yep. Yeah, we like Ethan yeah. Hawke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's I mean, a goofy movie. I mean, there are parts of it that are straight up just dumb. I'm excited to get into that but yeah you, you yeah. remember in your email you mentioned and also on the top of it like you have your hand in the true crime too yes world yeah. as well like oh 100 um, this movie gets made in 2017 he's to a podcaster. Now. this guy's a podcaster right we yeah. all know it i was, yep. like, I was um, laughing with my wife i was like i can't believe how quickly podcasting became a, a career that you see well, on tv it's I, in like every third show now i, <laughs> so I fired up the <laughs> the blu-ray Excuse today me. and in its special features there were two one of which was just a middling produced like that boring like old school history channel style mm-hmm. documentary on true crime authors mm-hmm. and how it affects their life like like how they're different from journalists and yeah. this but it really did a poor job of tying it to the movie like it was just like uh-huh. here's a case here i got into it's it. it was a like sort some of random... related thing it <laughs> felt like a like a like a history channel show you'd watch in like like a class somewhere not like one on like modern day and the other yep. special feature was about a haunt about living in a haunted house and it was just hmm. highlighted this like this is how well you know i was paying attention to the thing uh like something like ohio family murders house it wasn't ohio but it was something like that 
and it was just like yeah people tour and it's it's really haunted you know and it was like <laughs> yeah. so that's where like at least the people it was more like a commercial for like a tourist trap yeah and that's yeah. like yeah. where like the, the travel channel the, like, special feature this were together um wild but sinisters yeah interesting pick but you're with the sound too i think um i think this is where this comes in 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 uh 2020 there was a study conducted i was i was gonna bring it up okay if you're if you're about to say what i yeah. i was gonna bring it up um well my that, second let me let me give you yeah, my second go on point real your, quick yeah, and yeah, then ghost, and we'll see if that it if it segues into what you're about yeah. to say the other reason i like this movie is because i've given myself the challenge to watch it like three or four times by myself at night thinking it's not that scary it's kind of a dumb movie it scares the absolute shit out of me okay and it is the only movie that makes me physically scared interesting i don't i'm not easily scared i've been doing this since i was born you know i i eat it up i breathe you know i'm so not afraid and sinister scares the shit out of i have movies like that it's it's so like when you earlier you said the hereditary that i i Mm -hmm. I, of recent it just that's something in it and the conjuring those are what i put it Mm -hmm. but the other week because i think it's on netflix or one of the streaming channels woke up uh so if i sleep over any one of your houses i'll wake up early as shit especially if we're drinking the night before and i'll put on a horror movie it's just Mm -hmm. a first thing in the morning and I put on Sinister, and like I refell asleep to it, and people are walking like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "It's just on," and I get yeah. scared. I want to say this before, but that's when I was like, "Do I?" This. So I wonder if I probably if I did try it at night though, I would. Um, yeah, well, I, watching and it, I watching oh, it this time, I don't know if you guys how you guys feel about this. I feel like there's some really excellent sound design, specifically like when they're watching the videos and they drop yeah. out all the sound, they just let the reels go. Mm-hmm. That's all really good. But I also feel like there's some overdone jump scares and maybe I'm just like too sensitive mm-hmm. to it plum. now. I, I can, there's like I, a couple that I would have pulled back on a little bit because mm-hmm. I feel like some of the other stuff is so handled so tactfully. So they almost good, stick yeah. out. They almost like jump out too much. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's probably, you know, that's probably the point. So, it's just the point in the movie where you wanted to evoke that emotion. I just didn't, There, I was definitely like vibing on some of the stuff you're talking about, but there were mm-hmm. a couple of moments that kind of took me out of it with a little more, well, maybe, and who knows, studio note, God only knows what could have I been. think Jason <laughs> yeah, Blum, studio note, um, I'm sure. I've, I have a few like fun facts here and yeah, uh, I'm just going to make a guess for some of the um, jump scares, one of which I think Jason Blum really like put his hands in afterwards and was like, got to go back and do that because I do think Scott Derrickson's a a pretty thoughtful director and good heart, you know, good horror uh, storyteller. But uh, the last like pop of, you know, Bagul at the before the credits roll, Jason Blum was like, you got to add that in. We, yeah. you know, we need it's a scare. Worst. Like, my last so note dumb. of my notes is like, <laughs> so what dumb. a cool, hard ending, like good <laughs> horror ending. And then a stupid Bagul jump scare at the very end. Like, um, what yeah. crap. I was so mad about it. What, what I was, <laughs> I was like, oh, I, that's, I love a good, mean yeah, horror mean. ending where like the bad so guy mean. wins. Like, everybody loves, we we're just talking about the mist. Everybody loves the good, mean, nasty horror. Yeah. It's it's and... the rare movie where they introduce a um, like an icon, like an iconographical, like a you mm-hmm. know a slasher essentially. 
but yeah. there's no final girl. There's none of this. No one's trying mm-hmm. to figure out to stop the ghoul. It's yeah. dark. Like, as soon as it's a dark movie, yeah. Kind of well, as out, I say, it's like, well, you're dead. Job. Yeah. I I'm a big you know I'm big on I always cue in on bad dads in movies and like yeah. and he is an uh, he is not only a worse husband a bad dad he's just a terrible person they've never yeah, they, they never citizen. try to make him <laughs> likable they never yeah. try to give him a redeeming quality ever <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I was I had to give him that one I was pretty but good what was uh... <laughs> Yeah, what was interesting um, about looking some stuff up, and I remember when it happened, and, and Courtney, you, you said you know what I'm going to say here, is they did a study when they sampled 50 of the highest rated movies, uh, horror movies, on through IMDb, Ron Tomatoes, Reddit, and like, I guess, miscellaneous lists, and probably averaged them out. Um, and basically, they they sampled heart rates through the whole mm-hmm. thing. Sinister was the one that invoked the highest heart the uh, bpm beats per minute than any other movie so your average is 65 beats per minute uh sinister jumped to an average of 86 beats per minute while watching the film in an increase of 30 percent and it was the highest among the sampled and i think that has a lot to do like you were saying Cornette. imagine you do the study put put them in a dark room mm-hmm. probably have a good sound system and you're immersed like that is yeah. probably the i would also like to do a, a second study that like put sinister with some more suspense driven movies rather than just mm-hmm. horror and mm-hmm. see how it compared with those because i get that you would think that maybe like, it's more the sustained heart rate because of the tension like than it like is prisoners of, of like really horror like real graphic horror stuff which would just give you a lot of peaks but they're short like short mm-hmm. spikes jump scares and like uh, yeah I'd, I'd be interested to see that not to, um, <laughs> not I to did, critique yeah. the, uh, the the criteria here but before we before we like I read the synopsis and we start kind of going through it uh did you guys see this in theaters I have a very specific story of seeing no. this in theaters and I don't think I did no I so I did I, I, I was opening weekend I was a senior, I was a senior in college. No, no, I'm sorry. I was a junior in college and I just started dating my wife, my now wife. And she hates horror movies. She absolutely can't stand them. But you know, when you first start, yeah, you you first start off with your, you know, with with your partner or whatever. And you you don't really know. And you're like, ah, maybe you're just overreacting or this and that. So that's where that was. And we went to a um, Dorney Park. You didn't see the right one. Yeah, yeah. We went. We went to a Dorney. We went to Dorney Park with with uh, my roommate and his girlfriend and also now wife, and uh, which is just a you know amusement park. And it was their like fright fest thing. And she's like, I can handle this. It's just it's no big that that's no big deal. I was like, okay. We're at the fright fest for most of the evening, and then my friend and his girlfriend go, "Do you guys want to go see this sinister?" And her not me a at that time not knowing how to read her. And me also at that time. I mean, this is early. Going, Ugh. yeah, I'm in, and her not wanting to say no. Going, yeah, like you sure, why your not? Film bro tendencies were still yeah, like, man, budding, so, yeah, yeah. So lucky yeah. she married you. I would have been and, like, you're on your own, dude. Yeah, and and uh, <laughs> today I I would be like, just go to a different theater, or like yeah. we'll go, you know, something else. We don't right. have to do that. You but know that better I'm, now. We see, th- <laughs> we see sinister. I'm like, I think 
the out of three out of four like that was that was scary but we're all into heart she's like yeah i just stared at the floor the whole time and <sighs> that's a at... brutal one that shit's yeah scary, man. so i think yeah. she listened to the whole fucking movie and before she was sitting um here she goes oh why'd you put that 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 uh dvd up it's gonna it's gonna give me nightmares i'm like i'm gonna give you nightmares <laughs> stop the dvd but, cover is gonna give me nightmares but but uh it was that within the first year it was that and the other one where i was like it'll be fine was the evil dead remake and i've since to this day yearly i apologize for the evil dead remake one because i'm like that one was on me where i was like just as irresponsible you want to go to the movies and it was like the bloodiest thing they had put in the theater since like terrifier (laughs) 2 yeah um but so that's what i can i think of i can never not think of now with sinister and i've seen it a few times since and like you kind of said courtney is it's scary but there's a lot of goofiness and the more i mm-hmm. see it the more i notice those yeah. things um having yeah. said that uh i do like to read the synopsis on here before we uh begin and see if it's accurate uh true crime writer ellison oswald is in a slump he hasn't had a similar uh a bestseller in more than 10 years and is becoming increasingly desperate for a hit so when he discovers the existence of a snuff film showing the deaths of a family he vows to solve the mystery he moves his own family into the victim's homes and gets to work however when the old film footage and their clues hint to a presence of supernatural force ellison learns that living in the house may be fatal so that's actually a google it usually was getting really good honestly usually terrible at at this this been pretty good good the last couple times i think ai is writing them now it used so, to I be mean, some intern who had never seen the, the movie, facts. and I mean, now listen, Google just like takes it off the back of the box and slaps it on the you know, AI. It's done. AI wrote my email to Courtney to ask her to come on this show, and that's Dude, why it was so well written. So I'm gonna lean on that shit so hard until it takes over the world. Even yeah. then, honestly, I'm kind of okay. Speaking of Stephen King, like Maximum Overdrive style, I'll gas it up. It sounds like a nice break, honestly. Yeah. Like, I like the idea. It'll just pacify me. It'll like show me what I want to see, and then it's like, yeah, like that Matrix thing doesn't seem so bad. Yeah, we'll be fine with it. It will be fine as long as I can just be like an art director and like tweak the stuff. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Um, but no, we start the movie off. Uh. I mean, it can only go up kind of from here in the sense of it's a solid start. I'll say it is, it's a really, solid, it is a very solid start. The, yeah. the, the Rube Goldberg aside of like an entire family. <laughs> well, it took very it, grim stuff. It, for me, it takes the second watch to see the invisible cut, the um, mm-hmm. the saw, the, the, the branch saw. Because at first, yeah. it's like, you know, I'm not paying attention. I'm paying attention to four bodies dropping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um that starts and then we you know it's just family moving into this house and we're introduced to not kelsey grammar doesn't the sheriff look like that could be like kelsey oh, Grammer's yeah, father? I, yeah, I could see that and yeah. he kind of talks like him too yeah definitely trained at the same like yeah. theater academy he's got yeah. that vibe i actually was thinking specifically how well he delivered those lines because that writing <laughs> is a little shaky and i was like that guy i'm believing it he actually sold those lines really well yeah this yeah. movie see the shaky writing and like, like mm-hmm. performances this movie uh, solid performances i, I think mm-hmm. everyone delivers 
I don't know why. I think it's the Vincent D'Onofrio webcam. It has the literally same, phoned it in. It has the <laughs> same like energy as in the Paranormal Activity movie, the first one. How people yeah. would just pop in to say a line and then pop out, yeah. and it's always like same with the webcam, like really badly delivered. And I couldn't mm-hmm. get that out of my head during this watch. Yeah, there's a scene in Paranormal I... Activity where like they talk to like someone like D'Onofrio's character, and it's like the worst performance i'd ever seen in my life <laughs> yeah the sheriff is i, I just but he's good the sheriff's good sure that's sheriff's fred great. thompson he's a guy from like law and order and stuff like uh-huh. that and he's in like die hard 2 and i think he ran that's where from, I, know. I think he uh might have run for office recently like in the last couple of years mm. also interesting so, interesting, yeah. interesting guy. Evil twin. about him too yeah. but i know i knew I, yeah, I had seen him before and he's always you know solid character actor for sure mm, for but, sure yeah, so we did get that introduction and already, like, you know, I mean, they tell us basically something's afoot here. We learn instantly Ethan Hawke is is uh, a true crime writer that I guess were to believe you just wrote a couple duds that turned out to be not wrong but one hit that actually helped the case yeah, the, and the, the sheriff definitely off. implies that not only he had one that hit that everybody likes but then he did a couple other ones and maybe even like got a impl- bad guy out. yeah like yeah implied some things that got a guy who did the crime off or like yeah. implied some doubt so yeah definitely mm-hmm. uh has slipped i guess but you immediate, say. Immediate. very desperate very yeah. desperate Mm-hmm. um we established the immediate it's actually fucking wild i mean i don't have kids yet but like the daughter's immediately painting on the walls i was yeah. like all right they, you, i don't know how long you've been there but go yeah. for it we established yeah. like they give a nice job of i think of establishing all of his characters his wife's like okay, yeah. well, and also in. they set team. up we were let in right away like i didn't know how you guys feel about the, the kind of liar revealed trope in a movie where like you're given that ahead of time and you always mm-hmm. know it's going to come to pass and you're kind of like i think it, it it kind of mixed results for me in a lot of cases i think it pays off pretty well in this one mm-hmm. because they never try to make you like ethan hawk so it's fine yeah. that he's a shitty liar the whole time you know but like some movies they it's a, it happens a lot in romantic comedies i think you know you mm-hmm. have a guy somebody who's you know they're like harboring a secret and you're waiting for it to come out and you're like you're supposed to be a good i'd like person, to see blah, this blah, blah, blah. re-edited it as a rom-com sure absolutely now but is it him and like him romantically involved with bagul like he's like seeing pictures and getting like ooh, ooh get a little floss <laughs> mm-hmm. you find out that he was like really into slipknot when he was a teen mr. so like bagul's really doing it for him mr yeah, boogie ooh. <laughs> uh but no they we do a nice job of just like establishing i think the world we're about to enter uh my immediate note though was and i have this note way too many times i don't know if you guys took this too is and i get they're just trying to build atmosphere in the movie but like turn on some lights guys i do yeah, have that dude. note too especially when they're eating dinner he's specifically looking around for something and he mm-hmm. walks from like dark room to dark room and never turns on a light or fl- shines a flashlight on any- nothing i was like just yeah. flip on a light man the power's not out or anything like they, they never yeah. established that <laughs> eating dinner um also how fresh was that tree cut too because i mean that that thing is still leaned Dangling. up to that tree where like where the bodies yeah. picked up like a week ago 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. As he said, you know, he said it was a, uh, they got a good price, you know, motivated, I, motivated seller. I felt bad to an extent for, um, I'm going to make sure I'm using names here, uh, for his wife, uh, Tracy, nice. until I was like, okay, but like, you could do a little bit of like looking around. Like exactly. especially I mean, with like weird shit going on, just a yeah, little. I mean, like, there's not should, a woman. She in the should be able to trust yet. him, right? Like in theory. Yeah, but I trust I trust my wife 100 percent with everything. But the minute I'd I'd have like a kid coming home and like hang, drawing hanging things of people, like you know, I'm just gonna fire up in Google where we're move where we move. Yeah, I to. could not believe that Ethan Hawke didn't give it up after the kid went to school and came back because like That's, cats out of the bag, like one or two more days at best, the kid's gonna know what happened here. Like, you tried yeah. to hide it when. I know we're really jumping around here, but when his daughter was like, yeah, my friend who died in this house. Mm-hmm. And they didn't react to that. They were like, ah, well. Yeah, that old bitch <laughs> talking about weird shit again. <laughs> the, art, the artsy one. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you. I've purchased homes. You Google the shit out of them. You go on right. the tax assessor site. You know, you look, you look it up, and there's no way, especially after she'd been burnt already. He already moved them into on, the house the down Amityville the street or whatever. Yeah. Like, so I, I give her everything to a to a fault. Yeah. Also, uh, a lot she's of from that. Australia. So it Australia, okay. It wasn't sure all she doesn't Ireland know. Or Australia. She's chill. Oh, yeah. She's and the very, the very first scene, I thought she was trying to do an American accent badly, but then I realized that, no, she was just fully Australian, and that's Australian. fine. They yeah. just let her be Australian, which I think more more things should do. Oh, just yeah. let people be from wherever. Like, you, you, could meet your, you could meet your partner from, a, from Australia or... Yeah, or I wherever honestly, in the world. <laughs> yeah, I think it makes it a little bit more interesting. Ben, who I mentioned, who's my my kind of my muse, my favorite um, performer on my podcast. He's Brit. He lives in London. Mm-hmm. He's British, and we filmed a short actually this summer. He was in New York for a month doing a play, and I flew him out here after the fact. And it, I live in kind of a weird small town, and uh, I put it, this story takes place in a 911 call center mm. and he's the operator and he said do you want me to do an American accent and I was like no I think it's actually weird, weirder weirder yeah. if you're some random Brit living in some random tiny town in <laughs> the United States working yeah. night shift and the, you know it's like yeah. just adds what a little extra something. Right, it adds yeah. a little to their backstory with no like, effort what's wrong with this guy like, well you've been through some shit because you had to move across an ocean so that's yeah. something right <laughs> exactly. there exactly what are you trying <laughs> to escape yeah it, it can so much more interesting yeah so it can backfire it can work in the opposite direction but um, I think in some cases this one it works and it's not like he goes like yeah i moved back to she doesn't well, I, you I know at one point it, she doesn't take I, the kids i also like, think it i'm works going to australia with the kids it is a better she, threat she, yeah. right, that's it works because the threat really cashes in when she's like i'm leaving that means something because she's <laughs> going to fucking australia I'm, I'm going an entire day away you're yeah. going to do game uh, now literally the farthest <laughs> i could possibly go now yeah. i have a question about uh that and the lore of this movie and i mm-hmm is if they did split right like he goes to their old house and she's like i'm going to australia where does bagu who does bagu follow does he yeah, i would say the he children? probably follows the little the kids. child yeah. Yeah. yeah 
Because that's yeah, he's, he's the, the he's the boogeyman. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But he's already he's already because at least one her. he needs at least one of them, so he probably just mm-hmm. goes where they go. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, this is true. Speaking of the house, did anybody else get a real like? shining vibe about the inside of the house where it seems much bigger than the outside the outside yeah. seems like a very conventional like brick ranch style house uh-huh. i've lived in those kind of houses yeah. and then the inside he's got like the big drawing room and there's like hallways with full bedrooms everywhere and a big dining room and stuff and i'm Each like kid has room. Where's, all, where's that where's that's all that they, space that's at? why they kept the lights off they were trying to disorient you so you wouldn't notice how much bigger <laughs> the inside of the house is yeah, than the outside like, of the house <laughs> <laughs> like I said, uh, anything like that anymore? I just chalk it up to the, they like. I just pretend they meant to do it. Ah, oh, very. That's an artistic choice. Oh yeah, yeah I, house, I, house House of Leaves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it was all atmosphere. Like, but it's it's a main note of like, come on. Like they were eating dinner in the dark. They had yeah. all light, and I'm like, I. They don't even. Times like are it. tough. He's got two mortgages. He can't afford to keep that's lights true. on during dinner. And when you finally see, like, I realize when they go back to the old house at the at the end, I was like, oh no wonder this little girl was complaining. That place is a shithole. You guys were living in like the McAllister <laughs> house. Yeah, they were in a mansion. <laughs> this place is a mansion. And then you moved her into like this little crappy ranch in the burbs. <laughs> like, yeah, I bet she was pissed. Even that last. Shot. What did you do with her horses, Papa? <laughs> <laughs> Even that last shot, I mean, he's in even his beautiful big home. He's like, ah, you know what? I just went through all this creepy shit. Let me, let me watch these videos and read it in the dark with the fire going. <laughs> can we talk about though how he savored them? <laughs> oh, can we? That's what I want. That's what I want to. That was right where I was going. <laughs> Next with it is so we do get oh to our first God. video. He finds this box and yeah. the man. What did I wrote it? He, yeah, he savored perfect way. He didn't say, I'm an investigative crime author with these snuff films. He was like, just like a nightly, like if someone yeah, gives you like pour weed. your whiskey, yeah, he like, like, gives you, like weed, like, and you're like, well, I gotta make this like weed work out. Else, so, you know, you know like, like it's smart, toke up like every two nights. He was like, all right, new tape. Fucking weird. That was weird. It's weird. I mean, at the very least, they could have done is sneaked him into the house slowly or something it appears every day but the, the idea yeah the, the idea that he finds all of them and they're each what 35 seconds long and he just right. watches it's just, them over it's just like, like a, week. An, a really <laughs> tightly edited shot of a couple shots of the family and then the some saw style as if done by hgtv yeah. traps like yeah you got like the 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 home uh the whatever the home garden improvement just the the ones that (laughs) (laughs) everyone has some kind of i felt like speaking of jason that's what it felt like to me i was like Mm -hmm. i expected them to use like a weed whacker because they got the lawnmower Mm -hmm. in there they got the tree trimmer in there Mm -hmm. they're they're using the the garage you know a car in a garage full of tools burn up i don't know i just was getting a real like this old old house this old house vibe exactly (laughs) the ghoul really like found his niche in like the 19 nuclear the nuclear family of like the mm-hmm. 1960s and was like doesn't get better than this guys we got yeah. te- we got a camera i got some lawn tools what else does one need to kill yeah, yeah. the ghoul is looking for those like trad families because they he wants you to have the more kids the better for the ghoul like 
these days. These it's these true. millennials not having kids. He's yeah, Bagul's Gen Z. Tough times for Bagul. He'd, he'd he's, feast he's on hungry. the Brady Bunch house. <laughs> yeah. The Brady's. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so um, but we do get that first video. I love that you brought up that he savored it because it drives me crazy. It drives it, me absolutely nuts. There's so many ways to explain but, it. But or all, you know, like just get it, get get it out of my brain because it's it all I can think about. Is a little wild, and I don't want to ruin for you even further. Is he's writing a book about the the this disappearance of the this girl? The family's mm-hmm. murdered in the house. The girl's disappearing, and he's convinced maybe she's alive. He sees her, or the at least the family in the one video, and also just chooses to sit on it. Right. Oh, he makes like, the conscious effort. He does. They do the moment where he's going to call the cops. Yeah. And he even yeah. gets nine one on the line. But, or, like, and then he gets, and he's, he's like, like Ooh, no, I'm really on to something I'll here. break this whole case and it'll also make my career. He's like, I'll still solve these crimes. But like Courtney right. says, he, like, he doesn't go to the know, other Mental gymnastics. Yeah, himself he doesn't into... go back and keep watching just to confirm that he's on to something. Mm-hmm. He goes night at night and finds his kid in the box or whatever happens next. Yeah. And uh, and uh, well, maybe that's guy... how they, yeah, no, no, no yeah, it's, it's, it, it's, I, it's messy. It is messy. I don't think i've seen the sequel i know i saw the sequel but i don't remember it so i'm just saying i never saw it it was like more about the kids stuff which wasn't as interesting but like mr boogie writes out you know pool he's funny he's a funny guy because he's like pool party 2011 or like whatever like he years it yeah he's got jokes around or whatever yeah yeah like i don't know it I was it getting a, a real like a uh, Manhunter Red Dragon vibe from the videos too, right? You know, like yeah. watching the videos of the family before you kill them and stuff. Very, very weird. Very, yeah. Very, uh, Richard Harris, to be seen or whatever. Thomas Harris. <laughs> I like later in the movie too when you know we get the extended cuts as for the end and like Ethan Hawke's like, well, I guess I got to edit them together. <laughs> yeah, he made a super cut. <laughs> Uh, yeah. we gotta digitize these so i can make them <laughs> so i can chop them up put them on tiktok <laughs> oh these will be great tiktoks community guidelines will go crazy yeah they love it uh but i i do think part of the ritual we learn later um so he kills a scorpion and i actually think that's what starts it off for me it's in the the stuff that Vincent and Offer. They don't, like, they don't talk stuff too over. much about it. They leave no. it, which I actually have to give them credit for. They don't overly explain. I it. like that. The less mm-hmm. lore we explain with the looting, that's why. Like to myself, mm-hmm. like oh, did him crushing the scorpion kind of set him off on this path? After Where he does seeing... that before he even sees the box, right? So that's like mm-hmm. with the with the films in it. That yeah, so that's like. Mm-hmm probably what like starts the whole chain yeah like if he doesn't touch the box demon yeah does it does it and like i know i like i i try to figure out how to watch the super eights i'd be like ooh, i'm a film nerd cool super eights and i'd play with the camera and i watch Mm -hmm. them and i go ooh, those look real and i call the cops and then i'd still be dead because i don't think they stopped Mr. Boogie stops because the cops <laughs> Bagul, does Bagul not? You have to watch him all. If you don't, he's a Bagul's a completionist. So if you don't watch the whole thing, you're off the hook. If he wouldn't have made the supercut, he would have got totally, away. Totally. Oh, but it 
<laughs> the worst part is it is like a creepy movie, but it is one yeah, of those it's one... so close. And I wonder, I I hadn't really thought about you bringing up like the jump scares and things. And there's a lot of over explanation, like as he's writing, where's Ashley or Stephanie or whatever. What, yeah, he like rewrites that down a couple like, times while he's like, it's like, already we know that's what you're here for. Like, yeah, you we would don't not to need to rewrite that to head. remind yourself that you're, you're here to remember. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there's a lot of hand holding, yeah. and I feel like it's a smarter movie than that. And so I wonder yeah. if a lot of those things were added, and well, even Vincent D'Onofrio, like, you know, I just. The way he skyped in and so stuff, obvious. like you could totally see that being a studio note of like, no, you, we need. Like, a Honestly, later. I could see the whole like a lot of the Bagul stuff mm-hmm. being like that addition being additional. Like I could see him having him appear in the pictures, but not really explaining, and then you just basically mm-hmm. find yes. out. Yes, in order reminds that possesses the kids, and that's all that you know about it. Yeah, you it's fucking wanna... creepy. That would be great. Wouldn't that be yeah. a great horror movie without it, all? It would be much like we talked talked to me off mic. We talked about that. Yes. And yep. another one, like no extra, no superfluous, yeah. no uh, moment to go to the library and look at the microfiche and try to figure out. You don't need it. Except Just cut the You don't fat, need it. You know, especially in a movie like this that's so strong and you've done so much so well. And yeah, yeah. like I said, the the video, this not only the sound design but the actual content of all the kills. It's like, terrifying. I, I was, I was, I made a joke about the HGTV thing, but like they are legitimately very oh, upsetting. The one where he slowly drags him and drowns him in the pool on the that's an incredibly creative ask, and upsetting. What and is I like the that scariest they talk about one? Oh, go ahead, guys. Joe. What'd you say? So, what's the scariest one for you guys? I know for me, I think that one's the scariest one for me just because I've spent so much Lama time would in the, be pool, the other one. Yeah. Drowning is very scary to me, yeah. yeah. And that one, when you realize the the pool one, when you realize like what's going on at first, remember, like yeah. I didn't realize what was yeah. happening. Oh, it takes a second to see, yeah, how it how it's um, playing out. But no, for me, we all had no. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say for me, and you, I think you guys are talking about like you know it is a smart movie and and this and showing things. What if this movie worked and we didn't you know we use something that is a now urban legend in the world and this. I mean, it could easily be a Slenderman story. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. But, like, just that that imagery sans the shitty movie and, like, overdone could work really well here. Yeah. It's, it's evocative. It's really... And the and the creature... Bagul is scary. He looks scary. He's a good monster. You know, like, they did a good job mm-hmm. designing him. They did a good job implementing him for the most part. And yeah, I think that this is a good movie that had too many hands in it, probably. Yeah. And I was actually, um, I was at the Overlook Film Festival this year, and I met these nice. directors um, who made a movie called um, Late Night with the Devil. Have you guys come across it yet? Not. It's, it's not been distributed. It's fantastic. But the brothers who directed it, um, Cameron and Colin Carnes, keep an eye out it's such a good movie right, but they had just seen talk be on my they, radar for sure yeah they had just seen talk to me they they had a secret like premiere or a showing of that there and um anyway we were talking about distribution and they had met with Bloomhouse and said they've just they're just like all the other distribution companies and you know studios and we were talking about financing and things and i asked if they had they're from australia had they gotten any american financing and they said no because 
all American studios want, they just want you to put dumb shit like that mm-hmm. in there. And they're just not willing to do that to their movies. So good for them. I, I mean, yeah, I'll yeah. keep an eye out for that. No, it was very inspiring to meet them. It was well-timed and I channel them a lot um, doing different things and having different conversations, but it's just, it's, it, that is one thing that drives me crazy about horror is, is exactly that. And it's so not necessary. And we're, I just give the audience some credit, especially a horror audience. And I know that horror movies are bringing people into the theater and this is part of the reasons that studios are investing so much into it, but I, I'd like to I I know I liked the movie when I watched it mm-hmm. but the comparatively I'd like to go back and like watch the black phone right the other Ethan Hawke yeah. Scott Derrickson yeah, which movie. I didn't I did the, the like kind that. of sinister reunion I, I, movie almost yeah, was, yeah. Even the guy who's the cop who from the oh, Mr. Movies. so-and-so I yeah I yeah. like I liked, yeah, him, in this. I, I I liked him in this I love the line about uh what is it uh, the whiskey bottle that's not never going neglected yeah. <laughs> not gone, neglected. I'm not judging yeah like come on man come on you're judging you're a cop and you're calling me out i like the scene that they have also too uh is that that scene as well where like now ethan hawks being like i'm not really into supernatural stuff something and a lot has happened in his life to this point where the so-and-so goes i do you should leave He's like, I'd ne- oh, I would never spend a night in here. I love that line, too. He's like, oh, I yeah. would never sleep here. Are you kidding? <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, it, it's, it, that's when early on, um, I know, like you said, like, like Ethan Hawke's character, Peter, but I even have a note of just, like, he's so mean and dismissive to so-and-so. Mm-hmm. and like just like oh you're just some dumb ass that lives like mm-hmm. you're just some dumb hick that like sure you know fan and it was like oh because before that the guy was just like a shitty hut like i mean like a shitty yeah. dad and husband but not even in a sense we would even see except for just lying to his wife or that but like yeah. to everyone else around him just a complete fucking prick Here's a uh, question too, because one of the things I like about horror, and I think one of the things I learned from Stephen King is if you make your characters likable, it's way worse when they die. Oh my God, yeah. And don't you think he would have played better as a super likable character? It would have been think, much spookier yeah. and more awful I mean, if he was like really fighting for his family and shit. Oh, for but sure. I, but I think right? the problem is you run into is like you start to make him a good guy and yeah. then you can't justify the things he's doing. Yeah, he's got to make those immoral decisions. Right, he's right. got to make yeah. those decisions and he can't if you make him likable because no likable person would do and that. And I guess you don't really, yeah. it, <laughs> you know, we don't live in any world where you go you know hey honey we're gonna move into a murder house with her kids you're cool with that right unless like yeah she's involved in the produ- right. producing really of the right. story and things right. like that yeah Even, then you don't have a family and that's the but, whole point because if you need the family for the gold show but, up, but yeah. courtney you're you're right though of the sympathy of a character even in something silly like silly horror like evil dead rises or something right that's mm-hmm. heightened silly like I know when I saw that, I felt bad when Deadite Ellie changed because they made that character that mother likable. And yeah, what I uh, would say about this is like you could have not, you wouldn't have had to really even make him that likable. But you're talking about Officer So and So. 
just have mm-hmm. him have more a little bit more of a buddy relationship with officer yeah. so-and-so and not be so rude that's himself. a good way to do wouldn't it. have really mm-hmm. changed how shitty he was in general he's a friend it just would have given him a little bit more like yeah. personality so like maybe something subtle like that you could have got yeah. away with i mean totally That's i mean ethan, yeah ethan Hawke was loving blumhouse at this time i think it's like the next year he does the purge oh yeah mm-hmm. um like it's a genre good. guy he, yeah. he loves it yeah but, I really, I've, was I've, it uh was it our buddy t was it t you or tj who just watched daybreakers recently that would have been tj and watched yeah daybreakers. yeah nice vampire sam Neil. that's not good though is it i don't think uh I, what's good you know what's an early 2000s <laughs> it's an early 2000s vampire movie that's for yeah. sure so it's, goofy. it's a sliding it's scale yeah on yeah. a scale of yeah. underworld to twilight where does it yeah. land who knows sure. <laughs> it's it's what Fair. i could put on after this recording and comfortably sit on my phone while going oh yeah i'm not too scared um i remember a lot of vampires and fancy suits that's really all i remember yeah same same yeah that was good but so we do get um we do get that in an investigation right and it goes through the videos and we've kind of revealed some of them and uh meanwhile the one thing we haven't mentioned is we have the stuff with his kids going on we reveal his kid is a a sleepwalker and for the story wise i think to give us that ending punch uh they neglect the daughter stuff pretty much for the whole movie you kind of like they're kind of like almost to the point where it becomes kind of obvious it's gonna that something's gonna go on with her because they've avoided they've kind of set the sun up too much you know they have they mm, need to balance it a little bit the sun is uh, I know it's the trail, like what the trailer shot, right? Him crawling out of the Come box, out of the bo- exorcisting up out of yeah. the box, and it's just him, just weirdly sleepwalking. And uh, but through this, Ethan Hawke every night, because he's a he's a jerk, in the dark watching his films. He, I think Courtney froze. She'll come back. She'll come back. We'll I will. Back. I will write a. I will write a note. Make a note for you, Seth. All right, so there might be a weird jump here. I have a different shirt on. Me and Brian are matching. Yeah, snap, we're on. And uh, that's because it's about two weeks later. And uh, during the earlier conversation, uh, Courtney's, um, there was a storm going on. And so we're resuming. So we're still talking sinister. And if I'm not Mm -hmm. mistaken, we were just going to mention... Uh, we never really delved into the kids' issues with the movie and like how right. they're integral to the, the uh, Ethan Hawke's kids are integral to the plot. Not Maya Hawke, but like mm-hmm. the kids in the movie. <laughs> not <laughs> not just, just randomly, also Maya Hawke. Very important. Yeah, not <laughs> his nepo baby. Um, so you guys did have, ex- I think, other things to add and stuff like that to it. So what are you guys thinking? Well, real quick, but uh, when we were talking about the the kills or the death scenes it reminded me we're talking about how good they are which which our favorite which of them was our favorite and i had been listening to evolution of horror the week before and they were doing um they're right now they're doing home invasion there's this Mm. season is home invasion and they were talking about funny games which is one of my all-time favorite Mm. uh horror movies and talking about how in that movie they everyone is the the boys kill them with household items and like the domesticity of that like the how disturbing that is and you know how it just leads into michael haneke's points and you know yeah adds to it and so i 
when we were talking about the kills, that's what it reminded me of, that all of the murders in that movie were done by like lawnmowers, lawn chair, you know, things that are found around the home. And mm-hmm. so I think for me that that also adds to the creepiness of them, that it's yeah. just stuff you find around the house. I, the only odd, the only one that is more shock value without the found around the house thing is the intro hanging, right? Mm-hmm. Just because of how Rube Goldberg it is. Yeah. But everything but else, yeah, the lawnmower and um but even that's a tree and some rope from the garage and everyone's gone yeah yeah Yeah, and and forgive me if this is i'm repeating a point like i said it was two weeks ago but i do Mm -hmm. i did also like the way they uh they set up with ethan hawk the idea that all the kills are done in a way that someone could do them even without being strong if the person was drugged as long as they had done everything was like counterweights and done right right like it didn't take a strong person to do those kills it was all done in a way that uh, you know obviously the reveal ends up being a child but it could at that point they're talking about with the help of a demon person uh-huh. <laughs> with the help of a demon with the help of, but i feel like the demon is just like encouraging them they yeah. still like in their head mind, not their their tiny little tiny. You saying arms. he couldn't get convicted in a court of law? Who's gonna cross Sinister Three and the Conjuring Three are gonna cross <laughs> over and become one franchise? Like, uh, well, if the Conjuring universe had its way, it would. Yeah. Every movie would be a Conjuring movie if that franchise had its way. I, they're trying. They're working we're, on right it. now in the wake of the Nun Two, and oh, yeah. I I, I know this is second one another million tangent here. In the Conjuring Three, I could never not think of that movie and just think Lorraine Warren just became like Professor X. She yeah, would like sit down an and be like, oh, full full three D vision, and I could stop you with my mind." <laughs> anyway, um. Because there's also that one kill. Uh, they're in the beds in the one kill too. Yeah. Right, and there, yeah. there's it's pretty just more straightforward. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point, uh, Courtney. Because it brings in a little bit of a home invasion sort of feel to it, which for me is the scariest kind of horror. I just don't like that at all. Yeah, we were just talking like about the strange. We were just talking. Yeah, about yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, and so it does. You know, cozy in their beds in their pool. You know, places that are very much about family and comfort, mm-hmm. and then they're turned around and used to slaughter them. Even the silly names uh, that we have on the tapes are all like. Family mm-hmm. barbecue, pool right. party, uh, mm-hmm. hanging out. You know, I think I don't if I got anything wrong, but yeah. it, uh, you know, and those are all things you do with them. Like they're they're very aware yeah. of this is the the goof. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. The the thing with the kids too is both of his kids are doing weird shit throughout the movie, but yeah. we're chalked up to is oh, this has always been behavior, right? Sleepwalking. This is what this is what happens when you let your kids be too artsy. You can't yeah. tell when they're getting weird on you. They're <laughs> like, "Oh, they're a free spirit." Like, but are they? But yeah. come on, like maybe Brian, your rigged, kid's been walking around with a bit. Chucky doll since he's been like three years old. Right, well, wait, wait. My kid is not the concern here. Okay? <laughs> I mean, he's gonna be, <laughs> but right now we're fine. No, um, I did want to say I like like. When he was seeing the visions of the little the little ghost kids, you know, mm-hmm. and we're doing the kind of like, I I didn't love like we're in this kind. Of, I mean, what was this twenty twelve? So we're like yes. well into like 
the kind of post ring era, obviously. And yeah, I didn't yeah. really love the zombie makeup on the kids. It's no, terrible. It's, it's what I thought terrible. Was really effective was the way they shoot the movement, like the kind of slow mm-hmm. motion, like mm-hmm. Ethan Hawke in regular motion, but the kids in kind of that yeah. ethereal kind of yes. slow motion movement. That's, a, that's all super effective. And I feel I like agree. If the kids, instead of making them look weird zombie, if they made them look more kind of like, sepia tone or retro mm-hmm. or kind of like they were almost anything uh, honestly especially yeah. with the film dynamic already being in the movie like maybe have that they, aesthetic with the, look, with the ghosts i don't know they something be better than that like real generic that looked like some spirit halloween makeup no it looked yes. like my mom's good at doing my makeup for halloween and like i win the the, the halloween show but not yeah. movie makeup. Like it's, it's bad. shocking how bad it is. It um, takes you out of it completely. And I agree. Like the did you guys see Pulse, the Japanese yes. movie Pulse? Yeah, that movement is so reminds me of that. And that that yeah. it's so, so good. Like shutter and, and effect in that too. Yeah, and like they the yeah whatever frame rate they shot that in to get the ghosts to move that yeah. way. I'm I'm assuming they probably borrowed that from Pulse, and it's so smart. Yeah, you're to your point. And, it's like. Really effective movement. <laughs> it's it's a like bomb. ghoulish rings around their eyes. Yeah, like it's the, the weird kind of like Uncle Fester. Like, like, yes. was like, like Tony when Tony Stark had that stuff in him in Iron Man Two, like kind of like creeping out. Totally, Uncle Fester. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> a bum, It's a bummer too because you don't need like the you don't need a a big budget to do good makeup like no. that. Like for that level no. of makeup. Um, and I think that's also why uh, we're not talking about the sequel today, but like the sequel doesn't really work. I watched it once and it doesn't work because it's so, so focused bad. on those kids. Yeah. And they didn't change the makeup. Well, I definitely yeah. feel like I think we talked about it a little last time. What, there's there's definitely like uh, some producers or like some studios involvement. Like, and I feel like maybe the reason the kids makeup looks like that is maybe it's more of a digital thing they did post to make them maybe. look a little scarier. Maybe. Like some producers yeah. know it was like, can we scary up those? It's like the Bagul jump scare at the end. We talked about how that's yeah. like how this movie has a great hard ass horror ending. Yeah. And then a stupid jump scare at the very end. That's like yeah. something like an internet meme, like the, of the, it literally you know, pops you know, up the in your face. Oh. And it pops in. It's literally yeah. just like that. And it's I, like, why would you do that? Scott Derrickson's a better director than that. Like, I, I may maybe it was a studio knowing that. I don't know. It definitely uh it's definitely just like you said, it was just shoddy. But the yeah the positive of it, the effect of the kids' movement and all of that is that incredible. is all excellent. Like I said, that's all really cool and gives you a that, real creepy feeling, much I, like the stuff with the video. Talking about yeah. home invasion and kind of trying to tie those two together is because there's that one scene where he runs out of the house with the baseball bat, right? And it's the first right. time you kind of get like a children of the corn shot of the kids in the background of the smoke and Hawk's mm-hmm. just there with the bat and he's going to, I guess, hit the dog. Mm-hmm. But the dog, you know, stops barking when he sees the kids. Um, and even then, I personally, I like that scene. But mm-hmm. the kids in the background to me was always a, a little too, too more, felt too much like, uh, too too cartoonish back there yeah. when it was like yeah. maybe if there was less of them, like you said, maybe it was more like a sepia tone look, and they were just can't really see Anything. them that much. It's such uh, a strange know, what's, what's choice, one, like where he does it in the on the the uh, 
the Netflix shows, the haunting of where it's a little more subtle. They're not like right there. They're kind of yeah. like in the background a little that more. That would work real well. Like, yeah. in, kind of something like that. Flanagan, but, Mike Flanagan. That's yeah. what I couldn't think of his name. Yeah. It's such a strange choice because the movie is so, it's a mean movie. It's like, it's a fucked right. up movie. And then to have this sort of goofy, it reminded me of Insidious because Insidious has that really nice, like lo-fi you know, a f- quality to mm-hmm. it. It feels a little DIY, but I, in a good way. And I was like, I don't know if they're tr- trying for that. I didn't. It's, I, it's maybe really they strange. It's right. It's right at that insidious time. Yeah, too, same, right. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I kind of put them all in the same family. They're all Bloom House and they're mm. all kind of around the same time. And so I didn't know, but it it's, uh, it's really, really strange. I, it doesn't make any sense. I'm dying to know. Cause that's what I think of sinister. I think of the sound effects and I think of that stupid makeup. Yeah. It makes me insane. <laughs> um, it, it's a, it's a, it's a fun, well, it's a fun, mean horror movie. Yeah. Like, so, and it's like the sound and, um, I still, we were just, just like before, a couple things want... that are keeping it from being great. I yes. think, you know what yeah, I mean? I think like... it's part of the kids. It's, it's it's some of the bagoolness of it because mm-hmm. at first like uh that first reveal of the head turn on the laptop like that's a that's a creepy shot in almost in yeah. any any movie right yeah um but yeah they did the kids and then at the same time like I don't know maybe they were just trying to utilize. Oh, creepy kids. I feel like someone gave him a note of, like, make them creepier when, like, I feel like less is yeah. more with creepy kids. I 100% agree. Give them some well, black contacts, anything. You could do anything to make yeah. those kids creepy other than what they did. Put well, a bag the over their head. You, anything. You <laughs> no. The kids are creepy more, inherently. You could have yeah. portrayed them more innocently, and then that would have made the, the ending mm-hmm. hit even a little harder, too. Like, yeah. if they come off more, like, innocent mm-hmm you know victim ghosts but like with the weird ghoulish faces you're already kind of we, like you know what i mean it's just I, it just would have been better overall to do scott, something else scott yeah. darkison 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 sure. kind of does that with black phone you get the yeah. victim yeah. ghosts and they're well done they're just mm-hmm. looking like you know ghost kids instead of yeah. uh Spirit Halloween. <laughs> it's totally Spirit Halloween. Uh, That's the only way to describe it. It's exactly what I think of when I see it. The <laughs> pack that you got at Halloween time yeah. that's got the Absolutely. yeah blue and the red, just enough, and it's terrible. And the one yeah. picture, and you're like, we we could do it this way, and it never will turn out that way. <laughs> yeah, I was like, they don't give you any. They don't like. It doesn't apply you about that layering, clean. right? They don't tell you about layering. They don't tell you about yeah, yeah. no. No, no, they're not there to help you. No, no uh, con, no contour at, no, at all. Just no. a ring. There's one more thing I wanted to talk about with the ending that I thought was a cool kind of fun. As a longtime horror person, mm-hmm. you're watching the end of this movie, and they do the classic like "We're leaving, we're out of here, we're leaving this house," and you're yeah. like, and you're like, that never works. We all know that a possession demon movie, once it's attached to you, you can't leave; it's coming with you. But then this movie twists it even one f- step further to be like, no, you actually helped the demon. You like completed the yeah. circuit on this one. You 
this is how this is how it happens like this is you had to leave to make to activate this like (laughs) which is like a pretty great little moment i I thought like again one of those things where i'm like wow they're really gonna stick the landing on this and then that bagul face comes out i'm like what the fuck what has happened here (laughs) seriously and you don't even like get to see like what the movie looks like of fucking uh of uh ethan hawks too you just see that axe kind of being dragged yeah. Um, I also like that we don't, you know, we don't bother being seen with the kid, uh, sorry, with her brother and her, her, uh, and her mother being murdered. Their bodies are just in the background. We see Ethan Hawke, it's a story I don't need to see. But you just mentioned the moving thing, and it makes me ask, the old families, now, Ethan Hawke was rich. And already had a second home. Like, he had his home still. Mm-hmm. What did happen with the other Well, they people? were still only because they couldn't sell the big house. Yet. No, 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 this is not the question. I'm, I know, but the mm-hmm. other families that die, like, do they go, like, you know, did they buy it? Did they did they go with a realtor? Do they buy a house? Do they get into oh, yeah. the process of... These are just adult questions, because I'm trying yeah. to buy a home. <laughs> you know, like, did they... Did is it a pre-approval that Joe's yeah. like? What was their interest rate in that? By the you way, know, did they deal with the possessions? Well, you know the, the 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 creepy shit that went on until they got there. Did they find the box of uh, of right. film strips? Yeah, it was this like an Amityville situation where it was like yeah. propagating itself in that. No, nah, I'm just I'm know. just being a dickhead. Um, <laughs> uh no, but I, I think you guys are absolutely right, though. That ending would be so much greater and meaner if you just didn't get one, you know, they didn't need to get one last begooled in there. No, it's so unnecessary. So unnecessary. Well, it's really silly. It feels like it's out of a different movie. It or really just, does, yeah. Or we could just add a different the ghoul scare like use him differently yeah. in another scene but in there. i'm not uh, yeah i'm not against post you know a late mm. stage jump stare scares they're uh they're a staple of the genre we all ex- i mean i expected something i just expected something better it's yeah. better it's better than my all-time favorite or one of my all-time favorites you know nightmare on elm street's uh final uh body through the tiniest window body the the, no, see i think i mean so uh, good. that one always works great. for me. I mean, it's my favorite. Dummy, it always works for me. So good. I'm not upset with it. Uh, I, but I, I am a fan of the driving away in the, in the Freddy convertible. Freddy car. Yeah, uh, good. It's genius. I mean, it's like genius. <laughs> try to top that. Yeah. Go ahead and try. Yeah. You, you can't. But no. Um, but this is right up there, though. It's just like we didn't. You, we could have no, done other yeah. things, but. Um, Courtney, I remember you also mentioning with this movie, I apologize if we talked about this before, um, like your love of the sound design of this movie. And I did kind of want to yeah. know a little more about like what specifically stands out in this for you with that. Yeah, I think it's just, um, really unusual. It's, it's sounds that you don't hear. They're not typical sounds. I do, you know, a narrative horror podcast and, it, uh, there are so many sounds that are used over and over and over again. I just did a short film and, you know, sound designing that I'm just like, we hear it, we hear it, you know, and it's a lot of it is stuff that you are not paying attention to, obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, you're feeling it more than you're hearing it. And, and I think that's part of the difference is that these sounds you're hearing, you're paying attention to them and they're still so effective in their like getting into your bones yeah. kind of a feeling. And I uh, did a little 
researched on the sound designers who did the soundtrack and and composed the weird shit. And they really like went to town dragging cello bows across cars and stuff. You know, yeah, like really put their whole selves into compiling these Mm -hmm. weird, you know, and I think a lot of it's just stuff being played backwards or whatever. But yeah, it's like it's really pulled apart. Yeah, and it sounds really you know it's so specific like they really created something unique in my opinion Mm -hmm. and um having tried to recreate things like that it's really hard to do you know it's like it's hard to find that balance where it's not just goofy or annoying Mm -hmm. where it's just like actually terrifying and uh yeah especially during the death scenes yeah oh my god some of those i mean even the the random screams work better than most yeah. You know, hey, we put a scream in here. It doesn't make any sense. Well, I think we definitely uh, talked about last time too, like dropping out the sound and just the the patter of the the film going. Oh, that's around. what I was saying. That's like, my you know favorite. I mean? part Starting of that. with that, you know, and then like everything kind of builds from that to it's such a even once yeah. kind of such a creepy like like low level hum in the background of every of that those scenes. Even what yeah. they play, I know. Uh, I'm not, I'm not up to date on my technicals. So I don't know if it's the sound, the mixing, or whatever. But even yeah. when they play that, that kind of, I guess, whatever the loose term of their score would be when they're driving, you know, they're mm-hmm. driving out of the house at that night. It's such a unique, like, you feel that emotion dump of like we, they're they're getting out of there. Yeah. Um. The, the um. The other thing they. I just lost my thought. Uh, the other thing they do real well uh, is, sorry, I completely, I completely <laughs> you lost where I was going. You're like, oh, no, no, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> sorry, apologies. But oh. no, they do a good, uh, it it does kick you in. And this is what I want to do. I want to bring it back to where I think we, we first talked about is, I think that's why this does, it was put in that, you know, scientific study Definitely. Of cut number one, because it's using so many other things to kind of keep you that terror up. And Mm. um, it does let you relax, which is really nice. Um, I know we, you, the three of us, before we jumped on, also had a, you know, uh, a pretty candid conversation about hereditary and all of that. Mm -hmm. And that's one that, like, if I'm going to compare the two, which is odd, is more of my two recent ones, is that's one that doesn't let you relax when it starts, then it mm-hmm. goes and it, it doesn't give you that moment to go like, okay, like, let me get scared again. It just, you know, like, yeah, where Sinister does a really good job at, okay, we're going to spend some time in the investigation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Little comedy relief and stuff. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. And I think that I'm surprised that more, more movies don't use sound that way. You know, and it's just something that I'm really clued into, but mm. I can, I can, you know, like the Joker, the soundtrack of the Joker is phenomenal. Just like these movies that put that little bit of extra time into this spe- specific sort of sound. Yeah. But yeah, I think you're right about the physiologically. I think that sound is so effective and it really adds, I mean, they crafted these insanely scary scare of uh, deaths and then they put the sound on top of it and it's just like get me out of here you know like uh-uh i don't want to be you know I d- <laughs> even I if you're not like registering it, it on no. level, yeah. making you uncomfortable like Very, yeah you're, you're only you're not sure you, know, you might not even like be 
yeah tuned into yeah. what you're hearing yeah. but it is like affecting you yeah Absolutely. exactly exactly so yeah for that reason that that movie has always stood out and that's why i chose this movie because you know i, I do a an audio podcast and figuring out how to scare people through only their ears is a huge challenge it's tr it's hard to figure out how to and uh show and not tell i don't know if you know anything about writing but you know you don't want to tell people what they're supposed to be scared of you know you're supposed to show them sure. which in, yeah in movies it's obvious it's easy because you can literally show them but in just writing an audio it's uh it's a it's it's I, I love it i love the challenge of it i'm obsessed by it but it is um it's different. It's just different because it's a lot of well, shit comes out goofy. And then the door coming around the door. Yeah. Yeah. So then it creaks and then you hear, Arr! and it's like, yeah. okay. Well, yeah. well I always think of scream. the worst yeah. uh, radio commercials are the ones that try to like describe a joke to you. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'll be listening and I'll be like, just tell me what the product is. Don't try to, they're trying to like do a setup. And that's, that's the thing you're talking about. You're running yeah. into it. It's like, no, you want to make it feel natural and not like, you're like, okay, now here comes something scary. So everybody get real nervous. Exactly. Well, that's, that's, and then, then you're writing a narrative with that too. So it's, mm -hmm. it's even harder than something like, you know, I know, I know you run true crime also like what 99, yeah. I was in 90% of people listening to true crime and like, I've gotten creeped out by listening to true crime, but that's mm. also there's that reality factor in there, and yeah. it's just the contents of it than the actual, <laughs> uh, the actual narrative it. someone wrote. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So, uh, yep. very interesting. But any anything else with the sinister you guys want to add? I do like even though it was two weeks ago. This I do feel like we did cover a lot in this, and I, I think I so too. Like most of my thoughts out. Um. It's definitely no. a fun one to put in the rotation. And I, my goal is to convince the friends that I have that are like, no, that's the one I can't put on again to be like, you can. It's not that bad. Yeah. You know, it's not that, it's not that intense. Unless you ask me, and I'm like, no, every time scares the shit out yeah. of me. Every that's time. That's why. That's why I want to trick. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think yeah, Scott no. Derrickson does a good job of that. He has a balance there where like it does at times feel like a kind of watchable mm -hmm. um background like dad movie like the investigative elements kind of have feel mm -hmm. that way sometimes like a you know like a 90s thriller almost but then yeah. it does get it but it goes oh. super dark too yeah. then yeah. oh if this was i mean it, it was a hit i mean for all intents and purposes mm -hmm. it's a financial oh, sure. hit uh but if this was like a movie from like let's say I don't know 2003 and it ran mm -hmm. on that cable run of the 2000 like the 2000 like 2010 ish of like you know USA or TNT <laughs> this thing would be like oh uh, you know it, it would be in the it would be right there with like how people are like oh yeah 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 and then the Shining's on because it's been on TV your whole life totally you know yeah. or like the Shawshank I just named it like Urban TV. Legend you know yeah. <laughs> Like it's there, and you're like, "Ooh, it's kind of interesting." Yeah, yeah, spooky. Yeah, okay, but yeah, reality is, it just didn't get its cable run. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, no, and I think, like we said, it's it's a almost a really great movie. It would mm -hmm. be if there were just a couple little things, and it's very hard to make a movie. And I'm sure, in retrospect, or with studio interference. They're probably like, God, it's so <laughs> close. It's like so close to being one of those movies that people talk about, I think, as like a yeah. movie. 
I think know? people yeah, are really I would definitely like... say that it's like only those few little tweaks for being on the mm-hmm. same level of uh, like fondness people have for the conjuring, you know what I mean? Yeah, Something like totally. that. Yeah. That level mm-hmm. of popularity or even the insidious movies that are still getting sequels now. James like, Wan's mm-hmm. I said, those are yeah. Those are saved I those are saved by James Wan's good editing and yep. lack there of showing you anything for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and those are different conversations. Um but cool. Yeah, no, this this uh this is great. I was very happy to re- revisit It's so uh, fun. Yeah. Uh, Courtney, it's so fun to talk about horror. It is. Yeah. I think that's we why we it. had trouble even hitting record on this one earlier. We talking about <laughs> Hold on, let's yeah, stop our I horror know. conversation so we can have our horror conversation. Exactly. I'm like, no, uh, I'm, I'm all in. It's uh, well, Courtney, you're welcome back anytime. I do I believe at the start back. of this show, you did say what you your plugs, but I would just give it to me again because yeah. I just want to make sure we get them in and I'm not going to go back and listen to them. Yeah, no problem. I uh, Please Leave podcast is the narrative horror podcast. It's weekly. Every Tuesday, we put those out everywhere you find your podcast. And then They Will Kill is my true crime podcast. That is every Wednesday, everywhere you get your podcast. And that was a conversational podcast with my sister. But we do, and we cover a different um, murder every episode. So it's not, ser- neither of them are serial. Mm-hmm. So check them out. Awesome. Check them out, guys. Fun. All right. Uh, you know where to find us. You're here. Flyover State of Fear. Uh, we're still running, tweeting these out while that thing's still going on. So We're on Twitter. You can find us on Twitter. You can also find us on Blue Sky, though. Look out. And YouTube and Spotify and any audio. This this all gets ripped. All right. TikTok. That's where we found each yes. other. TikTok. Yes. And on TikTok. Wow. I'm making TikToks now. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, stay frightful, everyone. Welcome to Fly of a State of Fear.